Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Opinion Line on Quartz 96 FM. Yesterday, I read uh, a very long and detailed and very passionate letter from a gay man uh, about his experiences of fear while growing up in Cork. And we got a truly tremendous response from listeners. We're going to talk to Kate Moynihan from uh, Link Lesbians in Cork first because she was struck by both the sadness of the letter, uh, but also the amount of hope that it channeled through at the very end. Good morning to you, Kate. Hi, Gareth. Nice to meet you. Yeah, it it was one of those letters when we, we looked at it, we thought, well, we can't reduce this in its content because it tells a story. So we decided that we would read it. There was a huge reaction to it from parents, from other individuals who could relate to the experiences of growing up, knowing you're gay, but being absolutely adamant you weren't going to tell anybody for fear of what might happen to you. What did you think of the letter, Kate? Um, I suppose, Gareth, when I, when, when I listened to it, it was, I was just struck by, you know, this man who felt so strongly that he wanted to write into you and, and to share his experience of when he was a young fella and what had happened to him and the bullying he'd experienced. And I suppose, you know, it's like, like he actually experienced, you know, physical, mental, sexual abuse in, in, in his time in school um and you know th- th- that that creates like our teen years are formative you know how how we experience that how we experience our school life um goes on to you know create who we are are as adults um he talked about you know being anxious depressed embittered um his relationship with his family being a bit um you know, he wasn't as close to them as he could have been because he created distance with them mm-hmm. um, because of the pain and not expecting to be accepted. Um, I, and I think we really have to watch this in in our lives um, going forward, in our communities, in our societies. Um, our young people really need to be supported now. Um, like that was in Ireland that we all hope and hoped that we had left behind. Um, we saw, you know, marriage equality, like we all remember those wonderful photographs from Dublin Castle and, and the experience, you know, of, of, um, I suppose the joy that was there in 2015 with the marriage equality referendum and the success of that. And then went on to have marriages, you know, um, heterosexual people were going to those marriages, going to our marriages, thinking, wow, this is just amazing. And mm-hmm. and I think we really need to see how positive, you know, things have changed in Ireland and make sure they're, you know, they don't disappear and, and that we can build on that and move forward, um, I think. But, uh, you know, when I say about the hope, I know that man said, don't, f- don't feel sorry for me, you know, mm-hmm. I'm okay. Um, but he also talked how, about how different his life would have been 
if you know if he had support and information and all of that um but but at the same time you know he 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 has gone on lived his life um and and is thriving yeah it's the one thing that oh, came- i think he's i think he actually said he survived rather than yeah. thriving you know but um yeah hopefully every all young people all young whether whether they're heterosexual or lgbt can drive going forward yeah, I, you know, Kate, the, the the message that came through to me, so many different messages, but one of survival, as you say, he survived. But the one thing that stayed on in my mind after reading it was the fact that I don't I have no idea how old he is or what stage of life he's at now. Yeah. But there was a whole period of life when we go through that whole individuation process that he had to put on hold. It was almost like as if he had to say to himself... I'm not living. I'm 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 somewhere here. I'm a ghost. I don't exist like other people exist and I don't know when I'll be given a chance to start living. Yeah. I, I think he he said as well that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't um he wasn't interested in boys or girls. What he was interested in was in Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah. And you know, for for like, yeah, just develop develop as we do. You know, through through our different ages, um, and get to be who we are. That we get to learn more about ourselves. I think you know, it's so important just to be left alone, to to just to develop, to learn, to to find out about yourself, to explore, to you know, just become the people that we're, that we're meant to be, you know, that we don't mm. have to de- deny ourselves going forward, you know, that we don't have to deny ourselves in any part of our lives, that we can actually just, I can say I'm a lesbian, I can, you know, say I'm gay, I'm trans, whatever, you know, that 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 we have that freedom and that we learn that it's okay, we're okay, there's nothing wrong with us, we're perfectly perfect, you know, in the in the way we are. Are there elements of that letter yesterday that are still they're still essentially part of twenty twenty three living? Uh, they are, of course. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, um, while we've had all that, that, that we, I suppose it's really important to say that we've made huge advances in mm. Ireland in a very short period of time. Like Pride at the moment, you know, it's thirty years um, celebrating uh, decriminalisation. So. And before that, you know, men could be criminals. So we, we've come a long, a long, long way in a short period of time. Um, here in Link, we work with lesbian, bisexual women. And we work in all different areas, but, you know, around health, and whether it's mental, physical, sexual health. Um, but what we, what we provide as much as anything is a place for people to be themselves. That they're, you know, if, if they meet homophobia out on the street, they can come in, they can talk to us, they can find a place to actually sit down, have a cup of coffee, to be in a totally safe space where they can be themselves. And unfortunately, we are hearing more and more about um, homophobic, transphobic incidences happening all around Ireland um, and much more so, you know, around the world as well. Um, but we we really have to be cognizant of, the, of, of that. Um, those incidences... Like, you know, I'm fearful at times. I'm a 63-year-old woman, you know. I've been out since I was 20. and But but at the moment, there is a lot of certain, you know, we're hearing more and more negativity. Um, 
and and I think we need to challenge that. And thankfully, we have pride on on Sunday, mm. so we can you know, take to the streets and have that you know pride in who we are, that we're not ashamed of ourselves, that we you know we're full citizens of this country. We're we're no different from anybody else else in that. And and building towards you know having full rights. I think um, you know that's all re- really important. What was it like? And we get that chance on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. What was it like, Kate, coming out um, in the early eighties? Ireland was a horrible place back in the nineteen, the nineteen, the early nineteen eighties. I mean, people were, yeah. you know, New York and Boston couldn't welcome enough Irish people. They were, no. they were arriving in their thousands every week. For a homosexual, yeah, um, for a lesbian, what was it like to actually say I'm gay in nineteen eighty Ireland? 1980 Ireland, <laughs> um, if I can remember back. Um, well, I, I actually left Ireland. I was one of those ones who went away. I mm. went to Denmark, um, you know, and literally found so many, you know, Irish Irish women who were in the same situation as me. They were gay, they were bi, uh, they were lesbian. And I found my own friends set over there. I'm, you know, I know for lots of people, they... They had to get out of Ireland. I suppose I wasn't, I didn't feel, I felt I just needed to go and grow. Um, so for me, it was, I came out when, when I was away. Um, but, and I came back then, that was 1980. I came back when I was in 84 um, to, to sort my life out, basically, to get a job and do all that type of stuff, which was difficult in the 80s. Um, but there, there was always, I suppose, while all of, all of, you know, um, as I say, decriminal, or, you know, men were criminalized. That had an impact on women as well. It had an impact on, you know, you know um, being parents, being mothers. It had an impact on them around custody, around children. It had that impact of us being hidden and we weren't seen. Um, we had our own social, social spaces Um I suppose in each other's flats, really, at the time. Yeah. Um, that, um, then I remember in, you know, Loafers was here in Cork, unfortunately gone now. That was a huge community space. Um, and we could, you know, we could meet there. You know, we found each other, basically. But I didn't come out to my family. I didn't come out to my parents um, until many, many years later, that fear of rejection. And I know young people are still going through that. They're still afraid of, of that rejection, um, that they'll be judged. And, um, so, you know, we, there are certain elements of it while it was difficult, but I, I also have to say it was fun too. You know, we did have parties. We, we did that, that, that great, you know, getting to know each other, getting into relationships, getting our hearts broken, and uh, you know, and, be, and like everybody else. Um, but then, you know, obviously having to hide and feeling one had to hide. Um, you know, like that man, he said, you know, how it affected his relationship with his family, and I'd say I could say it affected um, me me in the same way. You know, that um, because of keeping that that secret. Um, you know, I I wouldn't have been as open with my family. I wouldn't have been as close with them. Um, and does you know, that does that, that, does that cause a sense kind of, of does that cause a sense of resentment that that some some gay people carry through life with them against their family, against their their, their relatives? 
Um, I don't. I wouldn't say it's a resentment. I think it's a hurt. Yeah. Um, you know that that they've experienced that that they they may have been forced to go away. Um, in that way, they may have been thrown out of home. Um, you know, we. It's a, there's a book um, that was written that's been written recently and published called Slant. It's by Catherine O'Donnell, and it talks all. It talks about leaving, leaving Cork, going to Boston around the whole AIDS epidemic for for gay men and the amount of men that left here. Um, you know, when we when we didn't acknowledge what was going on in in our community because we were. You know, we were all criminalized, really, mm. and and you know there was something wrong with us. We were taught considered to be mentally, mentally insane. Um, you know, it's all and when you carry that hurt, I suppose. You know, all I, the the real thing, I I suppose, Garrett, is like looking forward, going forward. You know, that was the past, and we want to move away from that past. We don't ever want to hear these stories again. We want we want an Ireland that that started to be created, I suppose, really that positiveness in 2015, and we want to we want to build on that and keep going. You know, no, I don't think anybody anybody listening, you know, wants wants that Ireland where we were, you know, dismissed, invisible, suppressed, you know, criminalized, um, beaten up. Mm. You know that that. I don't think anybody wants wants that type of Ireland anymore. I hope they don't anyway. I really, you know, I think I think yeah. we have to be positive as well going forward. I fully agree with you. You you reminded me there when you were talking about, you know, the the mental illness tag that was attached to so many gay people down through the years back in 1966. Yeah. I always remember this story. Um the um, American uh, National Conference of Psychiatry was taking place. I think it was in San Francisco. And uh, they decided to try to pass a motion that gay people should be treated psychiatrically with medication. But Mm. they dropped the motion when they discovered that almost 60% of the audience was gay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You you couldn't make it up, you know. You couldn't, no. you know. (laughs) Anyway, and I also remember uh, the late Vincent Hanley... um, Vincent yes. Vincent went to London. I can't remember the year, but obviously he was he was the greatest radio DJ in Ireland back in the late 1970s. And I think it was kind of an unspoken secret that yeah, he definitely was gay. A lot of people felt he was gay, but he, obviously coming from a rural background and coming from a family, deeply religious family, he decided not to tell anybody. And I remember him saying to me, um gay men and obviously, at that stage, you know, the whole lesbian issue still hadn't been, as it were, broached. But he said gay men from country towns and villages in Ireland come to Dublin for the anonymity. And Dublin men go to London for the anonymity. And I just thought that was an extraordinary thing to say. It was such a reflection on Irish society back then that we, we weren't really living where are we? Um, no, like that. That I suppose we were living when 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 we moved. Mm. That was the thing, you know. And and I've, I've I I didn't experience this myself, but I've often you know met people who have who would have like that. They moved to the different county. They moved, say, if somebody's in in Kerry, they would come to Cork. 
yeah. to at the weekend to to meet people. Um, so no, so you're at home all week, living um, living a lie, living a lie. But 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 I suppose you know it's a forced lie. Really, yeah. it's like that fear of being seen and and to be you know you're the weirdo like that was it you were the weirdo um and you know for comments and and um the fear of rejection the fear of like like um you know your family aren't going to talk to you your family family are going to dismiss you you're going to be isolated like the only gay in the village type mm. of thing yeah. you know and um so i think I think it's, yeah, people, you know, not living to their full life, put it like that. Um, not living, I suppose, not thriving, as that, as that man said. Um, and that's what we want. That's what we all want. We all want to live lives that we've, where we've no regrets and we can live, you know, a positive life and just get on with it. You know, we're not, we're, it's not that we're, <laughs> I remember people saying, you know, it's like, we're, we're as boring as everybody else, really. You know, we have fun and we do all the things, but we yeah. go to work. We go to work every day. Um, those of us who are lucky to be working and, you know, we pay our taxes. Those, those who have houses pay mortgage, we pay our rents. We do all the exact same things mm-hmm. as heterosexual people, yeah. you know, and, and it's about, you know, letting us live and, and do that. Kate, That's the important thing. Kate, it's so, great talking yeah. to you and thanks for joining us this morning and, and have a wonderful day on Sunday. Lovely. Thanks, Gareth. All thanks right. Take care now. Take care. Bye-bye. You thanks. too. Have a great weekend. Kate Moynihan there uh, from Lesbians in Cork, L-I-N-C. Now we're going to stay with this. Obviously a huge reaction. Um, texts and emails to that letter I read from that gay man yesterday. So we're going to come back to a short, detailed and very passionate letter that I read out to you on yesterday's show from um, that gay man. And we've been talking to various individuals who, I suppose, took different impressions and found different, gleaned different meanings in that from the letter. It was a very detailed letter about this young man and the difficulties he faced awful difficulties as he was growing up. Padraig Rice is Policy and Research Manager with LGBT Ireland and he joins me now. Good morning to you, Padraig. Good morning, Gareth. Um, what was your impression when you heard the letter yesterday? Um, I think it, it resonated with me and I think it probably resonated with many other listeners about the experiences of LGBT people in the country um, and yeah, the lived experiences people have and the kind of... Uh, challenges people face despite uh, all the progress we made. Um, I know through my, my work with LGBT Ireland, we kind of look at the research and we also uh, talk to people all the time about the kind of things that, that are happening in Irish society. And I think it's sometimes good just to paint that bigger picture and to paint the kind of context of what's happening. And, and we know from the research done by the Central Statistics Office that 33% of LGBT people had experienced discrimination in the previous two years. A- another report showed that 75% uh, had had been verbally abused due to being LGBT, while one in five had been punched, hit or physically attacked because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Uh, and we also know that the three quarters of young people feel unsafe in school, which is really worrying findings and kind of signals to me that there are uh, serious issues that still need to be addressed. And in particular, I, I think around uh, hate crimes and hate incidents and what we saw in 2022, in total, there was 582 hate crimes reported to the Gardaí, up 30% on 2021. And we know that 
many more of those went unreported and, and, and undiscussed. So there's a real issue there around kind of a, a rise in, in hate and, and, and anti-LGBT sentiment. And I think there, there are a number of reasons for this. Um, but I think, firstly, it, it's, it's really important, I think, to, to just note that, that these kind of hate crimes are, are signal crimes. Like they, they send out a signal to like an entire community that they're unsafe simply because of who you are. Um, and we have to say that as a result, hate crimes hurt us all and must be taken seriously. And, mm. and these include, you know, the, the verbal abuse, the harassment, the arsons, and, and up to very serious, serious attacks that we've seen reported in Cork and Dublin and elsewhere. But I think there are, there are a number of reasons for this. And I think it's, it's important to, that we get under some of the reasons and understand what's happening in our society at the moment and how do we address it and what are, what are some of the solutions. And I think, for me, I think there, there are three real causes to this, this rise in hate that we're seeing. And, and firstly, I think Kate mentioned it previously, is this kind of this, this legacy of homophobia. You know, For the first 70 years of the state ex- existence, it was a crime for two men to have sex. And, mm. and LGBT were condemned from the pulpit, we were, you know, ridiculed in television, arrested by the Gardaí, you know, and it was in my lifetime that we decriminalised homosexuality, and I think that still has an impact on attitudes and on behaviours and on mindsets. You know, many people think that the marriage referendum solved all of our problems, but unfortunately that, that isn't the case, you know. It was a really important moment, but it didn't undo the, the decades of damage, and yeah. the reality is, well, while we won the right to walk down the aisle, I think many of us still look over our shoulder as we walk down the street, and I think that's that's an issue that we really need to address and we need to tackle that legacy of homophobia. But also I think there's, there's issue, modern issues around social media in particular. And we, we've seen this this rise in online hate. Um, there was a report from, from the youth service from Belong To that showed that 87% of young LGBT people had experienced anti-LGBT hate or harassment on social media in the last year. And that's a huge number of our young people seeing uh, anti-LGBT sentiment and, and hate online. And I think this is you know, a massively unregulated space. I think it's having a huge effect on our society and our politics. And I think it's something that we need to talk about nationally is like, how do we, how do we regulate social media? Because they're, they're not going to put in rules themselves. And I think we need to, to talk about that as a country about, uh, about the kind of uh, rules and regulations we have in social media. But I think that the third one and, and the one that we're, we're seeing, and, and we saw it uh, last weekend in Cork, we're seeing organised campaigns to roll back on the progress we've made by people who have extreme political views. You know, we've seen these really worrying campaigns to have LGBT books removed from libraries, not just here in Cork, but in Louth and in Dublin and in Limerick and elsewhere. And it, this is a big problem because LGBT is being categorised as other, it's being targeted, and this, this leads to bullying, harassment and violence. And I think it's important to also know that this anti-LGBT sentiment isn't happening in isolation. It's tied to the anti-migrant campaigns. It's tied to an anti-different sentiment. And ultimately, it's, it's an attack on diversity. Um, and it's not just happening here. We've seen that it's happening. It's an international organised campaign that's happening uh, in other European countries. And we've seen similar campaigns uh, in, in the US as well. But this legacy, but result- of, the, the legacy of homophobia, uh, these these campaigns we're watching, they're... they're they're spreading the fire that that is that legacy that hasn't changed in this country at at certain levels um, since the inception of the state. Like these, some of these protests are an incitement in 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 the eyes of people who are terrified of what they're actually doing to their lives. Uh, they may not be physically assaulted, but it's an assault on their person. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's really, really worrying. I, th- I think some of the stuff we, we saw, we saw uh, like harassment. We've seen, um, we've seen the intimidation of, of library workers. Um, 
but also we've seen some very extreme things said about, about LGBT people and and, and this isn't about just one book. This is about uh, trying to, to remove LGBT visibility from public spaces and trying to intimidate us and, and trying to, to, to roll back on some of the progress we've made. And it's uh, it's it's very worrying. And I, I think we need to take a, a strong stance against it. And I was, I was really disappointed um, to see a, a large banner erected over at the library and left there for hours mm. um, by the Gardaí and, and the City Council. And, and to see the library closed off by people who are protesting and to see library workers intimidated and harassed. You know, libraries are, are, are so crucial. You know, they're cathedrals of learning. They're yes. one of the most important public services we have. And they're vitally important. Um, and to see library workers and, and libraries attacked in that way, um, I, I, yeah, I'm really angry about it. Mm. And I think it's something we need to we need to take really seriously. You know, um, can, can I also that Podrick, if I could ask a question, I, I understand there's a guard investigation going on. This is in relation to the young boy in Dunboyne in County Meath, who. Um, who suffered a vicious uh, assault he, he, at, the, at the hands of school pupils in the area. That's not too long ago, and obviously they, a number of them have been charged by the Gardaí. Um, what sort of a message does that send out to other young boys and young girls who want to be quite frank and want to be quite honest with who they are and how they feel about their lives, but they're now terrified to say anything? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it sends a, a really worrying message uh, to young people, and I think that's that's we have to um, we have to send out a, a message of solidarity to young people and, mm-hmm. and say, you know, things do get better, and 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 while these things happen, they're often isolated incidents, and um, one of the most empowering and liberating things you can do for yourself is to be true to yourself uh, and to come out and be open about it, and you'll find support within your family, within your wider friend group, and 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 also there's a really I think it's really important to say there's a, a brilliant LGBT community and like for many of us we found our family through the LGBT community through support services like Link or the Gay Project there's just uh, a brilliant community out there who support each other who have great fun as Kate was mentioning you know we have pride festivals we have um, a really strong community so I think for any young people it, it's it's I, I would hope that conversations like this wouldn't prevent somebody from coming out and that's, mm. that's a real worry um because it's 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 one of the one of the best things you can do for yourself i know in my own life it was one of the most empowering things i could do and um, for many of us holding those secrets have a huge impact on your mental health and your well-being so getting that burden off your chest is is really important and, and i think that's that's that is an important message for young people and also to know that there there are services and supports there's uh, lgbt youth groups like up cork um, there's also belong to at a national level and then there's there's helplines and, and supports as well and um, my organization lgbt ireland we run the national lgbt helpline and the people can call and we've a free phone number uh, 1800-929-539 if anybody wants to reach out just to talk or, or needs to listen here and i think it's it's important to understand that, that those are there but um but then we also have to be true about we have to be frank about the realities and, and also say say to, to government and politicians listening that we need action you know like we need to see the hate crime bill passed and enacted and beyond that we need to see other measures that kind of prevent these this 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 hate and harassment you know things like uh, national awareness campaigns, education programs, and, and all the measures that increase tolerance and acceptance. And 
and tackle that kind of that deep-rooted homophobia because mm. these things don't get resolved overnight. They, it's going to take a generation or two uh, to, to, to do the learning and the understanding because, yeah. you know, issues around gender and sexuality, they're complex. Uh, and I think there's, there's a lot of work to be done yeah. um, to ensure that we build a more inclusive Ireland for everybody. Okay, Padraig, great to talk to you and have a good weekend. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bert. Thank you. That's Podrick Rice there, Policy and Research Manager, LGBT Ireland. Courts 96 FM.